Marco Gonzalez and Mitch Hanniger power the Mariners to a much-needed 3-1 win over the Guardians. Our thoughts and takes from the game coming up here on the Locked On Mariners postgame show. Colby, hit it. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Locked On Mariners postgame show. It is Thursday, August 25th, 2022, and thank you so much for making us your first listen after the game. We are free and available on all platforms with new episodes dropping every Monday through Friday. I am your host, Tidy Gonzalez, joined as always by my co-host, Colby Patnode. We cover the Mariners over at InsideTheMariners.com for Fan Nation over on the Sports Illustrated Network. Be sure to follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. Follow Inside the Mariners at Inside Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez, that's D-A-N-E G-N-Z-L-Z, and Colby at CPAT11, that's C-P-A-T-1-1. Be sure to also check out our Patreon over at patreon.com forward slash control the zone. We post two additional podcasts on there every single week. Again, that is patreon.com forward slash control the zone. And if this is your first time joining us here on the Lockdown Mariners podcast, welcome to the show. If you like what you hear, give us a follow or subscribe wherever you're listening to this. And if you're watching us on YouTube, hit the subscribe button. And turn on the notification bell and give this video a thumbs up. We greatly appreciate it. On the show today, we're going to dive into Marco Gonzalez's big day on the bump, Will Benson intentionally kicking Ty France, and the success of Mitch Hanniger, who was instrumental in the 3-1 win today since rejoining the ball club. Let's start with Marco here. Six strong innings of work today, just four hits allowed, one earned run allowed, in the first inning, four strikeouts, 31% of his pitches resulted in a called strike or whiff. He was big today. This was probably the best that you could get out of Marco at this point in the season. Colby, what did you see out of Marco today? Yeah, it was uh, it was pretty aggressive for Marco. You know, he, he threw 32 fastballs and 27 cutters. Um, we haven't seen a ton of cutters from Marco this year, so that's something different. Um Usually we've seen a lot more sinkers this year from Marco and he didn't throw a, he didn't register a single sinker at all today. So his fastball cutter, uh, change up used pretty, you know, pretty evenly 32% fastball, 27% cutter, uh, 25% change up even mixed in, you know, 17 curveballs. Um, it wasn't a super effective pitch for him. He got nine swings and no whiffs on it, but he did get uh, two called strikes and four foul balls uh, off of that pitch. So, um, you know, it was still a useful fourth pitch for him. Uh, Marco, this was probably as close to, uh, after the first inning, at least this is probably about as close to 2020 Marco as we've seen in a while. He was on the corners. Uh, you know, he was in the strike zone with everything, which is great because then he was able to expand the strike zone, uh, against a team that, you know, puts the ball in play a lot. They have a lot of really good athletes that they're, they're, you know, they're fast. They don't strike out. Um, so it's, it's not a, it's not an easy lineup to get through. Marco gets through six on 101 pitches, throws 70 strikes, actually gets nine whiffs, uh, including, uh, five whiffs on the changeup out of 12 swings. Uh, also got uh, four called strikes on that, uh, on that changeup. So, uh, 36% called strike or whiff rate on the changeup is pretty good. Uh, the big one though, I think today, the difference was the four seam fastball, 14 swings, only three whiffs, but 13 called strikes. So when you add up the called strikes and the whiffs, uh, 50%, uh, 50% of the fastballs he threw, he threw had no damage come off of them. No balls put in play. And that's huge pitch for Marco. 
Uh, he was great. He was on the corners, you know, like you, like you had mentioned, he kind of bulldogged uh, his way through this lineup again. It was, it was pretty close to vintage Marco. Uh, still like to see a few more strikeouts. I think he finished with four, uh, but you know, for what Marco is, this is about as good as you could have hoped for. Um, and it was kind of a different Marco. So that that's maybe something to keep an eye on again, a lot more four seamers, a lot fewer sinkers today. Uh, and we saw the cutter come to play, which is a pitch he kind of shelved recently. So uh we'll see what marco does next time out but for this outing he was he was pretty darn good yeah some of the best stuff and the best command that we've seen out of marco in quite some time and like you said he was able to expand the strike zone as this game went along he was getting guys to even chase outside of the zone that was really impressive to me um generating a lot of weak contact in this game not a not a ton of hard hit balls given up uh and against this lineup i mean it's it's kind of easy to to forget how good this guardians lineup is it's it's really good i mean you look at their lineup particularly the one through six in that lineup is incredibly dangerous uh to only limit this team to one run is uh an incredible achievement and so i mean you know you needed marco to be this today you needed one of your leaders to be at his very best and you know he hasn't been for for quite some time and you got that and then some today i mean it's pretty remarkable considering the situation considering the circumstances around this game and you know coming off of a very disappointing loss yesterday coming off of a two and three stretch against the two worst teams in baseball you needed to get off on the right foot in this series this is a huge huge crucial four game set with the guardians and you had to get off on the right foot here in this series and and i mean they needed every bit of what marco and the bullpen gave them today because you know the offense still struggled a lot right they get the three run homer from hanniger and then after that they only record two more hits for the rest of the day against tristan Tristan mckenzie and the uh, guardians bullpen so uh, the mariners needed this performance this was perfect this was perfect timing this was everything this was i mean it couldn't have come at a at a better time yeah i mean the offense was as you said it wasn't very good the all the damage came in the first three hitters of the game uh they had a little bit of a threat there in the eighth couldn't couldn't uh, figure that out um but you know at least this time around this one felt more like it was just that tristan mckenzie was pretty good uh not that the offense was was terrible today um mckenzie's probably or got a really good shot to be a pitcher of the month in the american league for august um and you know the mariners they were okay against him they you know only eight whiffs uh, i believe they struck out only four times uh he didn't have a called strike and whiff rate of over 25 percent on any of his three pitches uh you know they were pretty they they were putting the ball in play they had 18 foul balls um off of him so it's one of those things where McKenzie was really good, but the Mariners put up some pretty good at-bats. Uh, he got into a little bit of rhythm after the second or third inning, which uh, kind of you know threw the Mariners off their pace a little bit. But uh, mm-hmm. for the most part, they were having relatively good at-bats. There weren't a ton of chases or anything like that. Uh, Tristan McKenzie's just you know on a roll right now, and, and thankfully the Mariners were able to tag him uh, before he figured it out. And that's kind of how you have to win in the playoffs because you're not mm-hmm. – going to string hits together in multiple innings against, you know, the Garrett Coles or the Justin Verlanders of the world. When they struggle, you have to take advantage. You have to get the big hit. And uh, Mitch did. So it's, it definitely felt like a playoff game today. Um, Mm -hmm. Maybe not with the crowd, uh, pretty sparse crowd today, I believe was the first day of school in the Seattle area for a Mm -hmm. lot of people. Um, But yeah, pretty sparse crowd, back-to-back day games, 
whatever. I'm not ro- worried about the crowd size. It's 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 going to be there this weekend. Don't worry about that. Yeah. But it, there was intensity. There was good starting pitching. There was good bullpen. Uh, you know, every single hit seemed like a big one. It could t- it could change the game. Uh, it was very much a playoff atmosphere. And I think the Mariners and and Cleveland are, are two teams that uh, match up pretty well against one another. So I expect mm-hmm. this to be a really hard fought, you know, seven games or six games now that they'll play each other over the next 10 days or so. Um, I, I think if we get this rematch in the, in the wild card round, I like the Mariners chances, but it's not going to be easy. This, this Cleveland team can pitch and they put the ball in play. They are, they are extremely pesky. And then of course they kind of have, you know, Naylor and Ramirez to, to provide the big power, which mm-hmm. is, is terrifying in the eighth inning. Thankfully yeah. you have Andres Munoz. Yeah. Uh, when Jose Ramirez stepped to the plate with two on two out, <laughs> Uh, <laughs> let's well, just say, ideal. yeah, let's just say I was, uh, I was feeling a little nervous about that when, uh, when that <laughs> happened, but fortunately Andres Munoz, the slider is, uh, breaking the scale right now. It's, uh, it's pretty nice. It's pretty nice. And it's, uh, it's gotten him out of a lot of tight spots. He's one of the best relievers in baseball, man. And he just keeps on dominating. And it's so fun to watch Andres Munoz pitch Thir- right now. 13 swings on the slider. Yeah. Seven whiffs. <laughs> <laughs> Here's Andres Munoz did not have a single called strike today. Wow. Through wow. 17 pitches, got seven whiffs, nine foul balls, only one ball put in play. He's he's something, man. He's he's a lot <laughs> so of fun you, to watch. You go up there and hack like the like Cleveland did today, or you can go up there and yeah. take pitches, it doesn't really matter. You're 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 not gonna Yeah. It's over. So yeah. You know, Cleveland Cleveland plays, you know, good defense. It puts the ball in play. It it you know, it pitches it well, but so do the Mariners. So do the Mariners. And uh defensively speaking, it was a nice day for the Mariners as well. Uh JP Crawford, of course, with that uh really nice uh scoop and uh diving t- uh, toss out of his glove <laughs> yep. for the uh for the out on for, at first to uh, get Josh Naylor. Yeah, even the the ball that Suarez got at the end of the game. Uh yeah. Playing out of position, kind of a tricky hop, having to throw mm-hmm. across his body a little bit. Got enough on the throw. And uh, Jake Lamb with his biggest contribution of the year, catching that ball. Ooh, he's no yeah. Jake Bowers, but he's getting there, guys. He's pretty good. So <laughs> He's got big Logan Morrison vibes, man. That's what he gives me, <laughs> particularly at the plate. He looks like he's swinging a sledgehammer up there. <laughs> like If he ever barrels something up, oh, my God, it's, it's, it's going <laughs> to yeah. go 420 feet. But, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, Unfortunately, the Mariners today lost Ty France again, uh, this time to a bruised right calf. We'll be talking about that and uh, the injury that, um, or the play that unfortunately led to him leaving this game. It was pretty questionable. We'll, uh, we'll get into that in just a moment. But first, a message from the NHTSA. You're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks. A few becomes a few too many. And as the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride. But nah, you live nearby. You can make it home okay. It's no big deal. What are the odds you'll get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up. You lose your license. You lose your job. You tow your car. What if you kill someone? Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. 
Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. You're listening to the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you again for making us your first listen after the game. So Ty France had to leave this game pretty early on with a bruised right calf. That is the diagnosis after a couple of plays at first base. In the first inning, the uh, the play that ended up scoring the Guardians' lone run of the game, it was a uh, possible double play ball. Unfortunately, J.P. Crawford's throw went a little high and forced France into the air, and uh, his uh, legs and Jose Ramirez's legs kind of got tangled up there, and uh, that's potentially how he suffered uh, the bruise calf. Uh, then um, later on in the game, Will Benson, uh, Guardians center fielder, runs down to first on a, uh, another ground ball to J.P. Crawford, throw to first, and um, Benson uh, pretty clearly appears to wind up a kick with his left leg and hits the left ankle of Ty France pretty hard, and uh, France eventually had to leave the game after that. Colby... There's after seeing it more and more, because at first I thought, you know, it's a bang, bang play, you know, stuff happens at first, but after watching it more, after watching this play more, it to me very clearly looks like Will Benson, you know, with the knowledge of France hurting his leg on the Ramirez play was trying to hurt France even further. Yeah. He Cobra kied him. He, uh, he swept the leg. Um, it, it's literally the, the left leg, goes from straight to out to the side to, you know, he kind of curves it. Like it literally looks like he's lining up for a point after um, or a corner kick. Uh, and so it's, it's clearly intentional. There's no way around it. Um, you know, it, it's, it's one of those things where you'd like to give the guy the benefit of the doubt, but when you watch it uh, over and over again, you can see there's clearly intent there that he was trying to, hit France's leg uh, because France wasn't standing on top of the bag or anything like that. Uh, play wasn't super close. Like it wasn't like he was just running wildly trying to beat out the throw. He was going to be out. And yet the, the leg still has a half circle motion and ends up right to the, the spot where France had, you know, banged his, his leg against Jose Ramirez's leg um, for what it's worth. Uh, Ty France. And I'm, I'm just reading a quote here. I don't, I don't know how this, was said, but Ty's quote doesn't seem to make it doesn't seem to me that he believes that that was an accident. Uh, Ty France says, I felt like I gave him a majority of the bag and then that happened and then he left it at that. So, mm. um, and he did, he gave him the whole bag. There was no reason for him to, to swing his leg like that. And he did is clearly intentional. There's no way around it. Uh, we'll see if the Mariners want to retaliate. They didn't today. Uh, it was a close game. Uh, makes sense. To, to maybe wait, but we'll see what happens. Yeah. If Benson's in the lineup tomorrow, I don't know. Miles Straw might be back, so Benson might be on the bench. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see if the Mariners choose to retaliate. It's a dirty play. There's no way around it. Uh, mm-hmm. Completely unnecessary. Um, and, you know, it's, it's one of those things where I, there's just really no justification of it. Like, Jose Ramirez, fine, whatever. You could argue that he maybe ran towards the inside part of the bag instead of the outside part of the bag whatever he started out on the grass he was peeling back and he just didn't get over fast enough this one was clearly intentional he saw a hobble player he took yep. his leg and, and he he swung it at ty france's leg um in an attempt to injure him and he succeeded and yet it didn't make a lick of difference so uh it's mm-hmm. a dirty play and, and in my mind will benson's a dirty player 
Um, and you know, it's so far as I know, the Mariners have not addressed it in any other way. And the, uh, the guardians have not addressed it either. So we'll see mm-hmm. if anything comes of it, but, uh, you know, tomorrow's a, a, maybe a, a game to watch now, uh, more so than it already was because that's uh-huh. a dirty play. And, and the Mariners, that's not one that's going to settle well with that clubhouse after they look at it, after everybody gets a good look at it. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's despicable. It's an absolute reprehensible act by uh, Will Benson, who, uh, yeah, like like you said, uh, to me is a uh, dirty player. That was a dirty play. That's uh, just uncalled for. Um, you know, because you you have the knowledge there. Like it's very clear. I mean, it was just an inning beforehand that France got hurt, uh, and he, you know, he was on the ground in pain after that play with Ramirez as well. You know, there was a there was visible evidence that that france was in some pain and you know france is already dealing with some pain of course in his left arm with the uh with the elbow injury and also the wrist injury uh and this you know and that's why this sucks even more because you know france has already been you know dreadful at the plate because of the injuries and coming off of the injuries and you know he's also probably pressing at this point because it's getting really frustrating for him and now on top of that you know now he's got a lower leg injury as well so that's just you know this sucks for him we'll see how long it keeps him out fortunately it's only a bruise so you would figure that's not going to keep him out for very long if it does at all um you know and fortunate that it wasn't any sort of ligament damage or anything like that especially on the kick to the ankle because you worry about like an achilles there uh you worry about a lot of stuff there that's just a disgusting act by uh will benson considering the risks uh that of that because i mean you know cleat goes the wrong way or something and ty france you know snaps his his achilles and he's out for the year like impossibly you know time next year as well that's just that's not that's not cool it it was a play with the intent to hurt to to not not to to bruise somebody it was a play with an attempt to knock somebody out of a game and possibly for a series um at least thankfully it's a bruise we'll see how the swelling goes wouldn't be shocked if he was dhing tomorrow probably not going to play first base the rest of this week uh there were some early murmurs that evan white wasn't in the triple a lineup uh that's no, that was never that going way, to happen. That way, yeah, no. no they, they, would, they would play stunned. Santana. Yeah, they, <laughs> they would play Santana and Lamb at first, and they would call up Trammell. Um, yeah. Dylan so, Moore yeah, could also play some first. Like, yeah, like, they're good. Yeah. That's Evan White will not take an at bat for the Seattle Mariners this year. And if they do, I will send an autograph card to somebody. So oh. uh, it's, it's not going to happen. I didn't say it was a good one. Um, but <laughs> I'll, I'll do it. Um, yeah, that's that's not the case. It doesn't sound like the IL is a thing for him right now. Um, we'll see if he plays tomorrow, uh, but I would imagine he gets back in the game at DH at some point today. Also, sounds like there's a decent chance Sam Haggerty returns tomorrow. Um, we saw him pinch run for I think the fourth straight day. So, yeah. I mean, he can't backdate the I, the IL stint. So hopefully he can play tomorrow because uh, I've seen just about enough of Jesse Winker in left field. I know you know the ball I'm talking about today where he kind of like came in, stopped for a second, and then, oh, no, I can keep going, and he barely caught it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't yeah, need to that see was, that anymore. No. That, that, that gave me a little bit of a heart heart attack like, there. He's going to let that drop, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, my heart kind of dropped into the pit it's of my stomach when I saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, because there was a runner on, I think, at yeah. that time, too, and I was just it like. It was Brash. Brash yeah, just yeah. walked the first guy or whatever. By the way, the decision to put Brash in yeah. a two-run game in the eighth, like was Castillo not available? Like I assume Seawald wasn't available. Back to back days, he's been pretty bad. Uh, Munoz, I think this was his third day in a row, so he's not going to pitch tomorrow. But like, 
I saw Castillo in there, like throwing around, throwing the ball around a little bit. I was like, oh, okay, Castillo in the eighth, yeah. and, and you know, Munoz when you get to Ramirez. Yeah. And <laughs> nope, went with Brash. Nope. I was like, <sighs> not even Festa. <laughs> yeah, 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 right, right, yeah. I just, no, like Brash. I thought good. maybe Festa wrong, would. Yeah, I thought maybe Festa would be the play there. Yeah, that was, uh, you like, know, fortunately that did not hurt the Mariners in any sort of way, though Brash yeah. wasn't able to finish his outing. Yeah. It just like Brash makes sense when you really need a strikeout. Like any yeah. ball put in play is, is bad news for you. You give him a clean inning, I kind of need a guy who throws strikes. So, yeah. Yeah, I think he went into three full counts. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, he walked the first guy and then he went three, uh, three and one, I think to the next, uh, to the next hitter before he got him to pop up. So yeah, I mean, like I like brash. He's been pretty good, but, um, I, I didn't like that, that usage. Yeah. Yeah. Quite honest with you. Weird. I was like, and then they kept him in there to face, uh, Rosario too. Was it Rosario or was it, who was it that's sitting ahead of, of, uh, Uh, Ramirez? Well, there was, there's Quan, there's Rosario. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then like Quan, uh, he has to face because he's got to face the three. Okay, fine. Rosario, yeah. I'm like, mm. like I don't want Jose Ramirez to get up with a chance to tie or take the lead. Yeah. So the Rosario thing seemed very important to get him out, and Scott's just like, nah. Hey, at least Scott took him out before Jose. <laughs> at least he didn't I, let him face Jose. That's true, but still, I was like, <laughs> mm. yeah, one batter was, sooner there, Scott. Yeah, that, it, that it worked was, out. It worked out. You know. That, by the that way, was uh, scary hours for sure. <laughs> shout out to Eric Swanson, by the way, who had a quietly had a very clean seventh to kind of bridge the gap to to Munoz there. The MLB Good pitching leader in ERA. Yes. <laughs> Eric Swanson. I don't even think he's been that good since he come back from the injury. He's just been like, yeah, yeah, he's okay. Yeah. Yeah. And still someone ERA. <laughs> cool. Let's let it ride. Let it yeah. ride. Let's ride. Um, all right. So <laughs> no. We we mentioned earlier the uh the offensive struggles again today and of course as you mentioned tristan mckenzie was really good today as well so you just you know you, you also have to tip your cap there um but again you know only uh four hits in this game two of them coming from mitch hanniger uh one of them a big three-run home run another opposite field single in the uh, bottom of the eighth which you know look this is you know your your big complaint about mitch last year was you know he's selling out for power he's you know I agreed my, with it too. I, yeah, yeah, all right, all right, all right. Both of us, both of us, both of us. You're not going to throw us. me under the bus here, both buddy. of us, both of us, both of us, both of us. Both of us were were complaining about you know Mitch and how he's kind of changed his approach at the plate as of late. Uh, you know, coming off of the injury last year, seemed like he was selling out for power. You know, there was a lot more swing and miss in his. You know, that was evident in his game. He was hitting a lot more home runs, but you know, there was a lot more just you know, as I said, swing and miss. But now. Since he's come back from the from the last injury, from the ankle sprain, on uh, August sixth, it seems like he's using the field more. He's taking pitches, and he's not trying to do just an incredible amount of damage. And he's just letting the home runs come to him. And that's mm-hmm. you know that's happening naturally. We see you know three run home run today, and also a big opposite field single that set up another scoring opportunity for the Mariners in this game in the in the bottom of the eighth. And since you know entering this game, since coming back on August six, he's been he he was hitting 302, 371, 460 with a one forty three WRC plus, and you know of course added two more hits today, so that's only going to go up. 
I mean, what are you seeing out of Mitch? Is he does he look different as different as he looks to me? Uh, it's tough to say because such a small sample, I, but because I feel like I'm seeing more like it's not fully the old Mitch, right? I don't think we're ever gonna see the old Mitch, whatever the old Man. Mitch is. <clears throat> But like old Mitch, yeah. But like I, you know, I think we're seeing that something that's closer to that, right? A, a bit yeah. more of a patient hitter, and again, let, letting the power just kind of come naturally. Right. It's it's more of a blend between what we saw last year and what we saw when Mitch was like, you know, three seventy on base guy. Um. So yeah, we're we're starting to see it. There's still some some swing and miss. He's still susceptible, uh, specifically to changeups, which uh, McKenzie doesn't have. So. Uh, worked out well. Uh, but yeah, no, it, he's, you know, hitting the ball a little bit more. He's working counts a little bit more. Uh, doesn't look like he's trying to to hit everything off the foul pole. Uh, even the home run was to left center field. Um, it wasn't dead, dead left field. So yeah, he's starting to stay in the middle of the field a little bit, both hits, you know, in the middle third of the, of the field today. Uh, and you saw the power. He doesn't have to sell out to hit home runs. He's got plenty of power. Um, and, you know, I guess what I'd like to see from Mitch going forward now, few more doubles uh would be nice uh i'll take the home runs don't get i'd rather have home runs than doubles but you know doubles feel a little more repeatable uh to me than than the home runs do so um yeah he's been great since he's come back the mariners have needed him um because the offense you know like 13 runs in the last five games just imagine what they'd be without mitch who has at least five rbi on two home runs in those five games so yeah they they need him uh, and uh, he's, he seems to be playing a pretty decent right field too. Uh, he looks a little uh, more spry out there, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, still not great, but yeah, better. And, and uh, when you're comparing him to Winker he, over in left field, he's he's each your own as prime. So, <laughs> yeah. so and you know, of I'll course, the it. arm the arm is still really good, of course, yep. too. And that and that's mm-hmm. you know the one big thing uh, with with his defense that is going to keep him in the field somewhat, at least in the near future, as long as that you know. Mitch kind of reminds me of where or well where Mitch is now in his career kind of reminds me of Jose Batista and uh, in some of those later years in in Toronto obviously not as you know he's not a perennial all-star like Jose Batista was during those years in Toronto but you know he's a guy that he's not the most athletic dude but he does have like a one really big tool defensively uh, with the arm and and on top of that you know he cranks stingers he gets on base and you know, that's the thing that that's what I want out of Mitch Hanniger. That's what I want out of this version of Mitch Hanniger is someone that is at least fairly reliable in the field and get on base a ton. You know, it takes pitches, takes walks and, uh, you know, uses the whole field, takes what the defense gives him and, uh, you know, lets the, the power naturally come to him. And we're seeing that right now. And that's huge. And, you know, really, this just makes me want the Mariners to uh, re-sign him even more so now uh for you know when we get into the offseason because uh this version of mitch hanniger what we're seeing right now he helps he helps a lot yeah right now after today he is uh, hitting 275 327 500 it's a 139 wrc plus uh here's probably the best news of the so far and again it's only 110 plate appearances and they're the definition of scattered plate appearances sure yeah but 21.8 percent strikeout rate so far that's this really year. that's that's below league average um in a good way uh and you know you look at where he, 2019 he was at 28.6 last year he's at 24.5 uh 
So 24.5 is about 2% above league average. This year he's 1% below league average, again, in the positive way. Uh, mm-hmm. The only thing, you know, really waiting for, I would like to see the walks get closer to 10%. Um, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like I said, it, it's we're in an era right now offensively where, you know, league average on base is like 310 and Mitch is at mm-hmm. 317 so or 327. So you take what you can get uh, mm-hmm. there and the power is great and, and the, the contact is, is great. And uh, he just he looks very good. He looks healthy. Um, and you know, it's personally, it's hard to imagine. It's hard for me to imagine that he's wearing a different uniform next year. It just seems like the Mariners and and Mitch are headed for really an inevitable marriage, even if it is only a one-year commitment. Mm -hmm, For sure. And, you know, last year, you know, of course he didn't post the highest strikeout rate of his career, but the whiff rate was the highest mm-hmm. of his career by a, a long shot too. It was 13% last year. It's um, taken more chances last year. Yeah, taking more chances last year. Yeah, 13.1% uh, whiff rate. Before that, his career high was 10.9%. He's gotten that down to 10% flat this yeah. year. So that's a that's a really big it, key for, for Mitch right now. Right. It looks like he's reacting more than guessing. He's also swinging outside of the zone just 29.4% of the time this year. Last year was thirty three percent of the time. So yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see if he can keep it up for the rest of the year. But uh, yeah, it does look like Mitch is is maybe recognizing spin a little bit better mm-hmm. this year. So he's not out there, or maybe he trusts his 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 bat speed a little bit more this year. Because last year I remember him being very susceptible to changeups, and he was constantly trying to gear up to hit the fastball. Uh, this year it looks like he's reacting again instead mm-hmm. of guessing randomly so mm-hmm. we'll see you know you can be fooled in a small sample size but so far so good mitch has been exactly what the mariners need just he needed a little more help is all yeah yeah all right well that's going to do it for our show so nice to actually talk about a win today instead of uh that depressing episode we recorded yesterday much prefer this <laughs> over that uh thank you so much for joining us here on the locked on mariners podcast uh for colby patnode i'm tidy gonzalez be sure to give us a follow on twitter at lo underscore mariners you can follow inside the mariners at inside mariners you can follow me at dane gonzalez the c-a-n-e g-n-z-l-z and colby at cpat11 at c-p-a-t-1-1 you can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode and thank you again for making us your first listen after the game now make your second listen the locked on mlb podcast mlb expert paul francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories around the league. Follow the number one daily league-wide podcast Locked on MLB on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts just like us. And with that, have yourself a beautiful baseball day. We'll see you tomorrow. Peace.